In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents. Madam Speaker, Madam Vice President. You want to hang out with us? Get your vaccine. Vaccine, vaccine. And so I went to Human Resources. There are some things I just can't tell you uh, on air. The Betches Sub Podcast. A woman's problem, if you will. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Today is Wednesday, September 15th, and Governor Gavin Newsom remains the governor of California. Whew. Whew. What a relief. (laughs) (laughs) I did start getting, like, very nervous about it last week. Like, something clicked in my head, and then I got, like, really nervous that it was going to be bad, but... Were you nervous? Not even almost bad. No, he kind of, I I had an interesting note from somebody this morning who I suspect is from California. And they're like, stop saying he survived the recall. Like he, he did more than survive. He did. He did great. I mean, he did. It's looking good. Let's recap yesterday's California recall and then get into what lessons we can learn from this terrifying and undemocratic experience. Once again, I feel like we've had these conversations before about terrifying and undemocratic experiences. Right now on Midday Wednesday, the race was called last night and with around not quite 70% of votes in, but a very healthy two thirds or actually 70% of votes are in and a very healthy two thirds, even close to 70% of California voters voted no on the question of whether to remove Gavin Newsom from the office of the governor. Turnout was, I think, pretty okay, pretty good. It was around 9 million voters compared with 13 million in 2018. This recall election was a power grab. That's how it started. I realize in the past I've referred to this as being triggered by the pandemic, but I think that actually gives Republicans too much credit because they they started this even before the pandemic. This is something that they just do is try to manipulate the recall system. But this year, as a result of the pandemic, it gained more steam because of basically reflecting the national Republican opposition to Newsom's handling of the pandemic, which involved really pretty proactive lockdowns and mitigation measures that proved pretty successful and important when the Delta variant began spreading much, much worse in other densely populated states. In exit polls, voters expressed support for pandemic restrictions and vaccine mandates. Two thirds said that they were really happy with Newsom's restrictions or wanted even more, it would have been fine. I suspect by that they mean earlier vaccine mandates. Newsom faced the first recall election in California in 18 years. And as Lise mentioned, at one point weeks before the election, he appeared to be in serious enough jeopardy that Democrats sent Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and others to campaign for him in California. That's despite the fact that registered Democrats in that state outnumber registered Republicans by about two to one. But an off-season election triggered by a very small minority of voters had us all worried. So this guy, Larry Elder, that we have been warning about, he conceded, but will likely try to run again in 2022. This is probably not the last we're going to see of that gentleman. <laughs> he got about 47% of votes to replace Newsom should he have been recalled. Any surprises? 
I mean, the only thing, my main takeaway just from that last sentence is like, it is so crazy and irresponsible that Republicans spent, I think it's going to come to like $300 million of the state's money to recall him when he is up for reelection next year. Like (laughs) it's, it's really like, it just the stunt and the expensive nature of the stunt is like very, uh, frustrating to see yeah uh i mean it's it's good that i mean i don't know if newsom was ever really in trouble in the in the sense of like oh will people vote to recall him it was more of like oh we need to make sure people understand this is serious and they turn out because they were afraid that turnout numbers would be really low from Democrats and be like, how am I participating in this? This has nothing to do with me. This is a Republican power grab. If I just don't care, or I don't pay attention. It'll burn itself out. And they were like, no, <laughs> you need to vote, need to vote. No. And leave the second blank. Like do not under any circumstances, like vote for both. People were criticizing that the, the whole like vote, no, leave it blank thing. And I was like, that's the most logical thing to do is to say, yeah. like, I don't want my my governor recalled. I, I think I mean, Democrats have a supermajority in the California State House and a, and a triumph, uh, like a, a, a trilogy, a triumph. What? I, I don't know. I don't have words right now. My words are escaping. She used them all. They have all they have full control of California's government. So they should really fix the recall process so that if you win the the top number of the recall that automatically carries over whatever amount you get for the recall carries over to your total number of votes so if you get that then you're the plurality going into the second round that second question Mm -hmm. that counts unless someone fills out the other part of the ballot because this whole thing was like if he gets under 50 percent then automatically whoever gets the most votes, even if it's only a small plurality, even if only like 2 million people vote, they can become governor of California. And I was like, yeah, this is ridiculous. So you think it would be better if when a recall is triggered, they do an election that just says one question. It's who do you want to be the governor of California? Uh, No, I think that it would be better to continue having the two tiered space, but automatically like whatever number of votes you get for no counts as this counts towards the second question rather than, Oh, these are two separate things. So you have to fill in to say, I want to keep my governor instead of what should be implied by the first question, which is I want to keep my governor Mm -hmm. that way. Cause that would have like, if he gotten 49.8%, it would have triggered the second question and whoever the top vote getter in the second question would have counted, even if he had millions more votes than that person. And I'll note yeah. that this is not what, ha- that is not what happened with um, Schwarzenegger. I forgot his first name, Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> because more than 50% voted no on the first question. Um, and then, so we didn't have this question of like, okay, so a person without, it was like yeah. people really didn't like this Davis guy or something. And uh, <laughs> Gray Davis, Davis was really undermined by Enron and their energy deregulation that played like they just tormented the California energy market by it's it's a it's a bit complicated. But the point is, is that they basically were just like making bets all the time and triggering shutdowns of the California electricity grid yeah. for their own aggrandizement. Yeah. And 
And then uh, Gray Davis couldn't do anything about it because there's federal regulators. And Bush was like, this is all great. Continue murdering people in California because their power keeps going off. Like, I don't care. It's not my problem. And the Enron people are my friends. So I'm not going to, this is all fine. And then like he got recalled and they put in the governor. And mm-hmm. as we can all tell, like it did not go well, but whatever, you know, like California's got its own energy. You just kind of let it, let it do what yeah. it wants. Well, it's so interesting. So let's talk. Cause I think we are going to see some more discussion about this recall system and conversations about it. I mean, it's, it's part of a broader set of reforms in the early or 20th century that were meant to encourage direct participation. You know, Californians love their ballot referendums. They're, they feel a strong sense of identity for some of this, but one particular area for discussion about recall in particular is this very undemocratic concept that a majority has to choose to oust the governor, but a new one can be elected with only a plurality. So this guy Davis, I read an interview with him. He even said, I think we should, he was the one who was recalled. And he said, I agree with the recall. We should have a recall system. But right now to trigger a recall, you Republicans or the party that wants to only has to get enough signatures that make up 12% of turnout in the last election. We know even in high turnout states, it's nowhere near the full population. So this year that ended up being about a million and a half people. That is, and that triggered this $300 million process that did at one point look like it could put a Republican, a Trumpy Republican in charge of California. So one thing Dave Davis suggested was making that 25%. Um, so I wonder if we might see, because people, voters seemed really pissed off about this. And exit polls, they talked about power grabs a lot. A lot of them made a point to say, I don't like Newsom. I'm, they're really mad, some of them, that he went to the French laundry that time. Yeah, that was not good. He, <laughs> but not a fatal mistake for his no. governorship, but not good. They didn't forget about it. Um, so reading anecdotes from voters outside the polls, as I said, they were just furious. They had to be doing this because California has so many problems right now. They've got the fires. The pandemic is still there. Are some areas with low vaccination rates, the whole climate situation. There's enough going on. So I've seen a few takeaways this morning, lessons that Democrats can learn ahead of 2022. One is that this proves people are over the Republican outlook on the pandemic. They trust Democrats to keep them safer. And we have now seen this this concept proven twice with the election of Joe Biden and Gavin Newsom. I mean, it's I've also seen polling about vaccine mandates where it does seem like the popular sentiment of, of the country is not to indulge pretending that this virus exists. Do you think, I mean, I guess, oh my God, if COVID is an important strategy going into 2022, which it probably will be, that's just hard to think about because that's a year from now. And like to this like week marks a year and a half since the pandemic started. Ah! Ah! Yeah. It's, I mean, it's really hard to say because I, I think it means that for a lot of places in America, I think, but I think there are still places like even honestly, just coming through my trip in Arizona, like there still are some really scary COVID attitudes out there. I don't know if this is a winning strategy in every state. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, California is incredibly liberal, incredibly, they're Democratic super majorities. They, the, the, this is a, a state that has that basically the Republican Party is more or less like a rump state. Like it's just it's just present because it has to be like something had filled this last 25 percent of people, I guess. 
who don't want to vote for Democrats, but it's effectively a one party state, um, which means that there's lots of fun factionalism among Democrats, (laughs) which is is what Republicans are trying to exploit, which is like, oh, you know, maybe Democrats will turn on Newsom rather than getting together. So I think like from the perspective of what does this mean for, for Democrats? I mean, it's good to hold seats that you should very obviously hold. Um, <laughs> right, right. It's like, what lessons do we learn from California staying blue? It, it turned like we California is California. blue. <laughs> that would be that would be pretty bad. So I, yeah, th- I ask this because when I logged onto Twitter this morning, you guys, I. I go to sleep really early. I always feel bad. I go to sleep at like 930. And so I'll wake up and then realize all the stuff that I like happened at like 10, 30, 11 that I'm way behind on. But like I get up, I go to sleep. I've been trying to stay up later to catch the late night news, but I did not stay up to watch this happen. I only reference that to defend myself that when I say I was on Twitter this morning, looking at the tweets from last night, there were, were a lot of like a lot of blue check people saying, we beat back Trumpism <laughs> like this, like Biden won and now Newsom won. And this shows that the Democratic strategy is a winning national strategy. And this is a good sign for 2022. But I keep reminding myself, this is California. They also sent ballots to every single registered voter. Had yep. this not gone this way, something would have just been so broken and so wrong. Yeah, I beating back Trumpism like what? People, the only way you're going to stop this is is to destroy the republic. Uh, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna repeat myself. I hate, I hate doing this. I know you are like no. you say that literally every time. Like I do, and like this notion that, like, I mean, Larry Elder had already put out this notion that he had had it stolen from him. And mm-hmm. I was like, how is that even? No one's even. The voting isn't even counted yet. We haven't even counted votes yet. And it's a democratic state. Like there are really going to be people out there who are like, they stole California from Republicans, like California, <laughs> you guys. Cal- Insane. You know, it's like, if, if like, I'm, I'm looking forward to like next year, there being conspiracy theorists about Democrats winning in New York. Like, I was just thinking that. Yeah, that would be, yes, a, that would be pretty absurd. This is kind of a state where like, I can't think of any, any statewide Republican who has a chance to beat a Democrat just from sheer like there's there, I, I can't see it happening. I mean, it was like Schwarzenegger because he had was a celebrity and was able to pull some bipartisan support because of the context at the time. Yes, there's a there's a there's a lot of anger at Davis. There was a, it was a very unique situation. Arnold Schwarzenegger was married to a, a, someone from the Kennedys. Yeah. You know, like yes, this, this is a cross-cultural you know, zeitgeisty kind of thing that happened. And even then, California voters woke up and were like, um, don't think totally. this is actually what we need. And they ended up going with Jerry Brown again, who kind of like fixed the entire state um, and put it on track for Newsom. So like, I'm looking at this and it's just kind of like, you know, Democrats need to focus on fixing problems, like fix problems. The biggest problem we have is Republicans. So... <laughs> So that's that's where the energy needs to go into it, into it. So I I also wanted to add that Newsom himself warned against claiming that particular victory. So let's listen to a clip. Democracy is not a football. You don't throw it around. It's more like a, I don't know, antique vase. 
you can drop it and smash it in a million different pieces. And that's what we're capable of doing if we don't stand up to meet the moment and push back. I said this many, many times on the campaign trail. You know, we may have defeated Trump, but Trumpism is not dead in this country. The big lie, the January 6th insurrection, all the voting suppression efforts that are happening all across this country, what's happening, the assault on fundamental rights, constitutionally protected rights of women and girls. It's a remarkable moment in our nation's history. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. So we're going to move on to voter suppression and voting rights in a moment. So before we do that, I, I wonder if you guys think that this power grab motivator could apply to, I think it applied in 2020 to motivate voters on a national level, and maybe it will in 22, as we see Republicans try to, you know, pass all these state level voter restrictions. Do we have any hope after seeing how many Democrats in California say they were motivated by the power grab attempt that that will continue to be a motivating factor, even if we're not able to do anything about some of these state level ballot restrictions? You can't define yourself by negative energy all the time. I know, Caitlin. I know. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to say because I know we're about to see the new districts like they're going to get revealed soon. And I mean, yeah, maybe that'll be a motivator for people and the the vote harder crowd will like get together and be like, we must overcome it. But it's also kind of demoralizing to like to see a bunch of news stories that say like, it's actually mathematically impossible for this district to go blue or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like that's, you can't vote your way out of that. Yeah. Or you, a lot of people feel like you don't, it becomes, it comes down to like individual people's temperaments, which is also something that I think we forget is like, everyone's like, what will Democrats do? And I'm like, I don't know. Right. I'm the type of person who's probably always going to like, who's always going to vote. Cause that's just who I am. And I 
that makes me feel good. But some people get discouraged and don't want to engage in things that may feel futile to them. And they have a different temperament. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We need Mm -hmm. to remember people have different ways of responding to things. You can't know. Totally. Right. And the things that somebody is going to tell a reporter when they're leaving the ballot boxes could vary tremendously from how they actually feel or think. Um, Totally. So for our next topic, speaking of voting, there is a new voting rights bill in town. She shed a lot of weight and I think she looked better before, but Joe Manchin <laughs> likes this, likes this uh, life gal a little better. So we have to pay all our attention to her now. <laughs> yeah. I will end the metaphor there. A group of Democratic <laughs> senators, including Joe Manchin, have presented a reformed voting reform bill. They seem to believe, or maybe Manchin seems to believe, can garner the 10 Republican votes needed to overcome a filibuster. The bill is called the Freedom to Vote Act, and it includes some of the provisions in the For the People Act. What it does include, it mandates that states allow at minimum two weeks of early voting, and this must include two weekends. It also ensures that all voters can request to vote by mail. Some states, there were more allocations for this during the pandemic. Previously, you needed like a, just like a an excellent excuse for why you couldn't make it to the to the polls. And since the election, Republicans have tried to make it even harder to vote by mail. This would establish that all voters can request to vote by mail. It would establish a new automatic voter registration program and make Election Day a national holiday. It would create new disclosure requirements for dark money groups that right now are not required to disclose their donors. It also does include a voter ID requirement. This is something that Joe Manchin just loves one of his favorite things is making people have IDs to vote. But that is something that is kind of popular with people. It's a much less strict one than states have imposed, but it's there. Now what it doesn't include. One thing that people wanted was a public financing system for congressional campaigns. What it's going to have is it's now scaled back to house campaigns. It's much smaller and it's optional. So it's kind of like, it's kind of completely neutered if it's optional. Yeah. Who's going to, what do you mean? It's optional. <laughs> I, I want to learn more about that, but it, it <laughs> seems like you wouldn't opt for that, but I'm not yeah, sure. That's so funny. That's so funny to pass a law that's optional. That doesn't make any sense. Just, 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 just to wreck, just a gentle suggestion. <laughs> This new bill also leaves out much needed rules about state voter roll purges. And instead of eliminating partisan gerrymandering by requiring states to use nonpartisan commissions to draw the districts, the revised bill creates federal criteria for map making and gives courts power to enforce them. So there's something. And there are still some provisions there meant to prevent state level efforts to override election results. Like I said, this is literally this is literally Chuck Schumer saying, OK, Joe Manchin, do your thing, like see if you can make the bill a little slimmer and get Republicans on board. Um, They indulged him and it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Yesterday, Mitch McConnell said he would unite his caucus against it. He called any voting rights. (laughs) Caitlin is shocked. She called any voting rights. He called any voting rights bill a solution without a problem. Susan Collins says that Maine has really high turnout, even though it doesn't have early voting. So therefore, early voting should not be imposed on the state of Maine by the federal government. Chuck Schumer has said nothing. Caitlin left. She's gone. Chuck Schumer has said nothing is off the table when it comes to passing voting reform in the next few weeks, including end of the filibuster to do that. But that's where Chuck Schumer has always been. He's just sort of like, we're going to see what Manchin does. Um, I don't know why anyone thinks that Manchin or Cinema will do that, though Manchin has entertained it for a voting bill he supports. He just never supported the For the People Act. But he has also said repeatedly that 
the only thing that will get his support is something that is bipartisan. So <laughs> I wonder like if he can get one Republican on with this, but I feel like his one would be like Susan Collins or Lisa Murkowski. And uh, is this dead on arrival? Yep. Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Like I was laughing the moment he was like, Manchin thinks he can get 10 Republicans. I'm like, bitch, where, who? Right. Name one. Remember when they stormed the the Capitol and tried to kill everybody inside and then like they didn't get 10 Republicans to be like, actually, that guy's a piece of shit for trying to murder us. They couldn't even get that. Literally the people who were like, hey, that guy told them to kill us. And then we were trapped in our offices with our panic buttons. (laughs) And no, uh, no, I think it's fine. I think we can continue doing this forever. You think that they're going to be pro voting? Well, (laughs) The only thing you can get, like, we got 10 Republicans to agree to move some money around. Like, that is what <laughs> was achieved. And I'm glad. But, like, come on. Right. <laughs> the infrastructure bill. It's, there. it's yeah. like, weird to, it's it's weird if you were, like, playing a, a sport or game with someone and they, like, continuously break rules and cheat and, like, just make a mockery of, like, whatever the game is. They're just, like... Every time they pass go, they're like taking $400 being like, I get it twice because I made it around the board each time. You get 200 for each loop. So this is the fourth loop. So I get $800. And you're like, that's that's not how Monopoly works. Like, you can't just do that. Then they're right. like, stop me. And then they, they take out a gun. And you're like, OK, I guess, <laughs> guess that's how Monopoly works now. Yeah. That is what mm-hmm. Republicans are doing. And weirdly, Joe Mace is like, what if we ask like super, super nicely for them to shoot us in our knees? then that will be then we won't die probably and i'm like yeah that that's not the answer here <laughs> like they're not gonna play the game evenly have you guys seen these like you talk about tiktok all the time but i am definitely on like montessori tiktok have you guys seen tiktoks of like parents having to leave their toddlers to like figure difficult things out by themselves and it's like kind of agonizing to watch i think it's the, all, all the parents listening are like yeah no shit amanda that's like parenting 101 like it's agonizing to watch and it's annoying and you want to speed it along but you're like no they have to figure it out so you watch them like fumble with the pieces and they spill things and it's a mess and they can never like they can't actually complete it i feel like that's what they're doing joe mansion they're just like, yeah. like a montessori style education for how republicans are incorrigible like let them figure it out nope don't help him don't help him <laughs> It's the the problem is is that we because Democrats represent the entire spectrum of rational thought, we are negotiating against ourselves. So Joe Manchin is keeps rejecting bills that do that fix the problem so he can get people to tell him to his face, go fuck yourself, set yourself on fire, right. and then fuck yourself again. And he's like, Yeah, that's so kind of you. I'm gonna continue watering down this bill until it's useless, and then maybe you'll vote for it. It's like that doesn't that doesn't do what that's not the point of legislation. You know, that's not yeah. that's not why you are you were hired to do your job. How many super spreader events is he gonna have on his houseboat with Republicans before he realizes it's not happening? You're not it's not like okay, also like Joe Manchin needs to have some self-esteem and some self-respect because he calls these people his friends. These these moderate Republicans or Republicans. I don't know what a moderate Republican is anymore. And they <laughs> have not given him a damn thing. Susan Collins is like his BFF. And she's like, don't you dare talk to me about putting one day of early voting in Maine. It's like, really, Susan, really? For all the times I have handed your party a win this year, you can't have two weeks of early voting in Maine. 
Like just give somebody a job. Even if, even if 10 people shows up, first of all, she's wrong. Much more people will vote in Maine. If you have early voting much more, that's so dumb for her to say. It's so idiotic. And what's the worst case scenario, Susan Collins, somebody gets a government job for a couple of weeks. Good God. Yeah. Like, but they don't want they I mean, it's the bottom line is that it's their party's position to not want more people voting. And everyone knows that except for Joe Manchin. So I do hope he figures it out soon. <laughs> um. <laughs> for his sake. For his the square sake. goes into the square hole. You just mm-hmm. need you just you just slow it down. <laughs> <laughs> it's like imagine being staffed on this on the hill and like you just are like i have to do all of this just so mansion will learn again the inevitable outcome i would be furious i mean my heart is is with you you know i i don't actually think that he doesn't know i think he knows and he's stalling i think there are actually a lot of democrats who don't want the problem fixed either they really don't care they literally like I don't know why, but they really enjoy the country being on fire. Like I have gone to a place where I like really believe that moderate Democrats legitimately want human suffering and they want they as much care. as they can manage. Like they literally, I'm, I'm at this point, like I don't give you guys good faith. Like I can't imagine that you guys are doing this in good faith. Like it would be better if all of you, like I would, I would be awesome if like the Senate just got zapped into an alternate dimension for like a few years and we could actually have a government for a little while. Yeah, that, that would be the best thing prolific. in the world. Like all of you just need to go. I don't. They would. Care they would hate go, that. That would hurt their feelings. My time. Every single last one of you. You're always my time, including Chuck. I like Chuck a lot, but like Jesus, you don't even care about running this. Co- no one cares. I'm just. I, I'm. I'm done. I'm done with Senate Democrats. Can all go. Long walk, short pier, whatever. <laughs> I, I always. I wonder. Lately, I've been wondering if Kirsten Cinema knows what her job is. If she knows she's a public servant, that she holds a national office, she'll post like on her Instagram story, like every couple days, just some random irrelevant meme. It's, I don't think she knows people are watching. We will end today with our buzzworthy news segment brought to you by Dame, putting the buzz in all the right places and making the world a happier place one volve at a time. Today's buzzworthy news headline, of course, is that Billie Eilish got Oscar de la Renta to commit to stop using fur. Billie Eilish wore an Oscar de la Renta dress to the Met Gala, and it turns out she set an ethical condition that she'd wear the dress as long as the design label commits to stop using and selling fur in its designs. So Oscar de la Renta, they haven't actually put fur on the runway for a few years because they didn't personally like it, but they have still been selling it in stores. But now because of Billy, the label will terminate all fur sales, which apparently make up a pretty meaningful amount of sales and profit. I don't know. It could make up nothing and they're just one PR win, but it doesn't matter. Regardless, Billy made this, made this a condition and she was successful. And it was definitely one of the more impactful moments of, of the evening with lots of impactful moments. Did you find the moments impactful, Caitlin? <laughs> Um, I, I don't know anything about fashion, um, but I will say, you know, it's, it's good that they're going to stop using fur and, um, you know, it's, it's nice that like, I find it kind of messed up that like, there have been people who have asked before or inside the organization and they were like, nah, and then Billie Eilish does it. And they're like, oh, okay, we guess we can do it now. And you're like, I know okay, you just didn't listen, listen to the people inside the org. Okay. 
Right. But that just goes to show how easy it is for celebrities to use a platform, like how much more sway they have, like than the average person who's been trying it. it can, it's frustrating, but if more, if more knew that all they had to do was make that little condition, because Billie Eilish would have found something else to wear. So she definitely yeah. had, had the leverage. That was our Buzzworthy News segment brought to you by Dame. To get that buzz, you can try Dame for yourself by visiting dameproducts.com slash sup. Plus, all new customers will get 15% off their first order at dameproducts.com slash sup. That's D-A-M-E-P-R-O-D-U-C-T-S dot com slash sup. That is our show. Until the end of democracy, I am Amanda Duberman. Elise Morales lost her Wi-Fi. And I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Betcha Sup Podcast. Bye. The Betcha Sup Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at Betches.com. Betches.